worship team. We're going to get some scriptures up there this morning, and uh, uh, we're going to talk to you today about the leaven of doubt. If you remember, the scripture talks about how that the Word of God is bread. Jesus said that He was the bread of heaven. And that leaven in bread, of course, you know what I mean? Our, our, our leaven is the thing that invades the bread. And so we're going to talk about that this morning, a subject matter. The debilitating dart of doubt. So if we could for a moment. So Jesus answered and said to them, Surely I say unto you, if you have faith and do not doubt. Then he goes on to tell what can happen if doubt hasn't taken a root hold, foothold in us. Immediately Jesus stretched out his hand. This is Jesus and Peter. I'm just grabbing the doubt scriptures out of here, you know. There's a story behind all of them and I'm not going to detail them too, too great. Stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, O oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? In approaching the Lord with wisdom, let him ask in faith with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. So you out Abraham. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. He did not waver. He did not doubt. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Laura. Last week we talked about how God takes the uglies and makes them beautiful. This subject this morning I feel so unqualified to talk about. Because it's not just a cut and dried, uh, it's very complicated. Doubt is. And yet it's in the Word, it's in the Scripture. How, how debilitating doubt can be when it comes to the miraculous side of the kingdom. Now so that we understand, I want you to know that questioning in your, in your mind the hope of divine intervention by God does not by itself con constitute unbelief. 
those questions sometimes that run in your mind. On the other hand, left unchecked, they become embedded in our heart. And they will begin to undermine our faith to the point of failure. You see, because faith is really not a function of your intellect. It's something of the heart that partners with faith. The heart and faith. Doubt itself can cause destruction and bring failure if it finds a foothold in our hearts. Not just those things that frustrate our minds, but that which begins to create skepticism to the point that our heart becomes hardened. To the point that our mind begins to narrow, become narrow in its openness. Oftentimes there's a gap between believing God's promises and actually receiving the outcome. I'm sure you would agree with that. This kind of faith that must pass from just simply information to conviction. And from conviction into confidence. Because faith is a substance of things hoped for. The confidence of things not seen. Why is this subject probably of importance? Is because the storms of life, the times of delay, all can contribute to that little element called doubt. The contradictions in life that can be troubling. Yes, they begin to cripple our faith if it's not dealt with. One of the strengths of doubt is its ability to amplify the negative and to go ahead and develop in our minds potential problems. the mind. This thing about doubt causes many battles to be lost before they even begin. Why is it so important, doubt in the heart? Because that is the governing factor or the center of our lives. So what is doubt? It's the lack of confidence. We can go in many realms and offer many explanations 
to it, but it, in essence, is the lack of confidence. It is an uncertainty or a lack of conviction, not necessarily of right and wrong, but actually, you know, about the ability of God, the very nature of God. It's when we waver, or there's an uncertainty about it, and James says it represents a divided heart. He is double-minded. So one side you are certain, and another side, you know what I mean, you are uncertain, and there seems to be on a collision course. And so that that doubt or uncertainty begins to affect. It affects our believing. It affects our decision-making. And it definitely affects how we feel. Doubt can be a negative attitude or even an action against God. It's a weakness in our faith. You don't want doubt to reach a point where it casts doubt on God's character and God's goodness. And so I stand before you when I say I feel so unqualified to talk about this is because I've been searching the room of my heart. I've been allowing my mind to, 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 to you know, investigate. Because, you know, I, I, I think there is a, there's an element of, of, you know, that that we need to realize joins with us. It is not doubt to have discretion, which is good judgment, sound reasoning in this gathering of the evidence. And so as I have went ahead and, and, and you know, uh, taken inventory, and as I watched some of my decisions, or if not decisions that actually turned out, but thought processes, I discovered that maybe there was doubt here and there that influenced and that does influence. It's a reality. Faith and confidence is such an inspiration. Doubt is really a downer. If I can bring to the forefront here in the sports department and just because my kids are, my grandkids are in it. And not just my grandkids, but I watch the team. You know, and if they, if, if the player has a excess, successful, you know, batting. I mean, when they get in the groove, that pitcher can't, they can't miss him. 
But if they miss him a couple of times, all of a sudden, he can be the poorest pitcher on the mound, and they, they'll, they'll miss. Because they'll lose that confidence. You know, the ability is still there. You know, the track records of all that they accomplished and all the hits of yesterday, they, they can't come to the forefront because that doubt clouds it. And they're afraid to confidently, you know, take charge of it. And the enemy, he, he, he loves to go ahead and shoot us with the dart of doubt. He creates that doubt. He uses suspicion. He will use the yesterday's miss. As I was reading, which I like to do is find out what other people are saying and about a subject matter, and I was perplexed. Because as I read other people's sermons or other people's thoughts, 80% of them said doubt was good. Somehow doubting builds faith. Now you can recover from doubt, but I guarantee you doubt does not build faith. No more than sin produces righteousness. And that may be what they were trying to project, give them the benefit of, of the doubt. <laughs> but not a negative doubt. <laughs> oh. You remember a couple of stories, similar incidences, and that is Zechariah. Zechariah was, he and his wife were very old, and God, and they had had no children, and yet they came along, and God you know, was going to give them a, a child, and Zechariah, he doubted, didn't he? He doubted. Zechariah needed more proof. How can I be sure of this? And it seems that God wasn't happy. We can feel for Zechariah, but God didn't. And why? Because Zechariah had enough evidence in his life and throughout his life. It was enough past evidences from one of the founding fathers of Abraham who had conceived a child when they were old. So he wanted another sign. 
But here we have Mary now coming up, and they get a, she gets a message from the Lord. And the difference is that she does not ask God, you know what I mean, for proof. She just asks him, how are you going to do it? So I want some information, you know what I mean? Because here's the dynamics that, you know, that exist. How are you going to cross that bridge? How are you going to make this, this thing happen? I think those questions are fine. They are. But can God? Yes, he can. That doubt that becomes damaging to our faith... It begins to challenge firmly established beliefs. And it's not just doubt that happens between you and God. It's doubt that can happen between you and others. It begins to, to affect relationships. It was in the Garden of Eden that doubt was given birth. Where Satan infected Eve's mind with doubt. The doubt of God's integrity. Have God indeed said? Doubt can not only lead you to questioning God's promises, but it can lead to questioning whether you heard from God. Has God said? Did you hear right? Satan loves to use that type of tactic. He likes to question He'll use innuendos and, and half-truths and lies. The enemy has destroyed countless wholesome, trusting relationships through doubt. Be planted in such a way. Yes, doubt. Doubt can attack in a very gentle way. It's not always, you know, forceful, but it attacks gently. Again, referencing. Genesis. Did God say? Did God say? You know. And she bought into it. She entertained it. And it grew. And it severed a relationship. Not only between them and God, but each other. 
So doubt is one of those things that has to be weeded out. Like a garden that that goes unattended will be overtaken. When doubt tries to come in, you've got to go ahead and deal with it. But deal with it and, you know, remove it. And idleness is one of the things that is deadly to any garden and it is deadly to your own personal garden of faith. You know the story of of Thomas. He said, I got to have another miracle. But I won't believe until I get it. It isn't like his life was without miracles. But that seed of doubt grew in his heart. He knew that Jesus was the Messiah. He knew he was the Lord. But it began to grow to the point where he said, if I don't get another miracle, you know, I will not believe. Fact is, he says in John chapter 20, unless I see his hands, the print of the nails, and put my fingers into the print of those nails, and put my hand in his side, I will not believe. Doubt has a way of you not making you not believe the testimony of somebody else. We've seen the Lord. I don't believe you. That scale, the downward spiral. We know that God comes along and, 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 and strengthens him. But here's what he says. Thomas, because you have seen, you have believed. But blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. I don't know about you, but that's where I want to be. I don't want to have to have another miracle to believe. I want to believe because of the miracles that already my life has witnessed. I think that we all have enough evidence in our lives from the past that should impact us now in the present that we don't really need more proof that Jesus is the Son of God. Right. Yeah. 
kind of faith that doesn't need another physical evidence. But the kind of faith that believes without evidence is in reality the kind of faith that gets more physical evidence. If you don't doubt, I won't get into the speaking part of those things, but if you don't doubt, he says, it'll happen. It'll take place. And you increase the measure of not only the size of your miracle, but also the frequency of your miracles when you believe without seeing. So in my searching, it wasn't about going God, going to God and see how he missed it. It was going to Don and see how he missed it. The good news is, let me interject this here that in spite of our doubt, God still does miracles for us. So, you know, he doesn't leave us hanging. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. He still reaches for us. You know what I mean? When the waters and the waves become overwhelming. But if you're, if you're young in faith, he's a very lenient, patient God. Basically, he says, don't blame me. It's your doubt. Doubt seeks to steal your dreams. Your adversary, the devil, goes about as a roaring lion, trying to, trying to, you know what I mean, just to uh, destroy those he can. He comes uh, to steal, to kill, and to destroy. It, it wiggles its way into our thoughts, our feelings, and it leaves us unable to move. That doubt is so powerful that it will seek to, to, to smother out that passionate flame. We need to be prepared. Doubt not only causes us to, to doubt God, it causes us to doubt ourselves. Is my ability... No, I don't have the ability, but God has the ability. I am not sufficient, but God is sufficient. (laughs) 
Doubt keeps you from hope in your life. Steals the joy of to tomorrow's dreams. And so I started to analyze. And I don't think it was just merely a human analyzation. I think it was the Holy Spirit quickening. But however, he did use my mind. And I had to come up with the fact that as that man said, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. I think that the way out of anything is coming clean. Help my, my unbelief. You got to overcome that doubt. And by, in order to overcome the doubt, you have to maintain your spiritual health. And you got to shield yourself with the Word of God above all. Taking the shield of faith, which is able to quench all the fiery darts of the, of the wicked. Without the Word, you will fall for the devil's proposal. That's what Eve did. But Jesus was successful because he had the word. He didn't fall for his, excuse me, his proposals. We must reject the words that spread doubt. Don't let doubt sit around even though you recognize it. Yes. The simplest way to beat doubt is to, to refuse it. Don't let it across the threshold. Beat it at the door. You defeat doubt by not replaying and replay. Don't listen to those lies. Amen? Amen? Yeah. Have the truth of such a way that it not only exposes the devil's lie, but it also expels the devil's lie. His propaganda. Don't listen to it. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Uh, Peter says this, resist him steadfast in the faith. Knowing that the sufferings, you know, that's, that you're being experienced just, just normal. What is he saying? Don't let the circumstance in the university of life, you know what I mean, get a foothold into your belief system. I think that's why the, the writer says, fight the good fight of faith. So you can keep doubt out. If you don't doubt, if you don't lose your confidence. Amen. Yeah. Don't lose your confidence. 
And then the book of Hebrews chapter 11, you know what I mean, tells a story after story after story of those that didn't lose their confidence. By faith, by faith, by faith, by faith. They did the impossible. I am confident today, and I, I say this with encouragement and, and commending to you, that if you're serving the Lord today in a generation, in a society that is, that is against God, you know, you're walking on water just like Peter walked on water. It's the sea of life. The sea of life. It was only when Peter took his eyes off Jesus that the sea of life began to overwhelm him. You know. And his belief system started to cave in. So, I encourage you and I commend you. You don't have the Sea of Galilee to walk on, but you do have, you know, a Sea of Life to walk on. And there are waves, and some of them are bigger than others. And if you get your eyes on the wave, we start to sink. That's what doubt does. Jesus rescues, yes, but doubt. It also says in that passage of Scripture that how doubt affects our confession. If he not doubt in his heart, but whatsoever he says. It'll affect how you talk. Different between a doubter and someone doubtless is a good example of Saul and David when they faced Goliath. Saul and all of Israel was intimidated. Not David. No. See, a little sling and a small stone, without doubt, can take down the giant. I believe, but help my unbelief. I know, but I still have room for improvement. I believe that we not only feed our faith, but along with it we need to, to avoid spiritual starvation. I believe that we not only need the personal word of God, I need, believe that we need the fellowship of the believers. Yeah. We need the fellowship of the believers. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and 
fellowship. Hallelujah. The book of Hebrews says, come together the more often as you see the day approaching. We, we, we have to avoid spiritual starvation in our spiritual lives. Here's a big one, church. Is that you need to be ready to live with the mystery. Be willing to live with the mystery. Life is too complicated, it's too vast, it's too conflicting for any of us to figure out the answers, or at least all of the answers. Ecclesiastes said this, when I applied my heart to know wisdom and see the business that is done on earth, even though one sees no sleep day or night, if I just go ahead and try to discover every answer, you know, without any break, he said, I found man cannot find out all the work that God has done. Now, we're not trying to figure out the black hole. All right, there's, we got those that are trying to figure out the black hole. But as Christians, we're trying to figure out how to put the pieces together of God missed my timing. I'll ask the musicians to come this morning and I'll turn it over to Pastor Doug when I'm done here. This is not a, a thought line that you can say, you know what I mean? That you can come to the altar and you can just go ahead and say, okay, I'm gonna deal with it. Because faith has to be built. Repentance needs to be made, but faith has to be built. We cannot know all the answers. But we can know this, that God takes the uglies and makes them beautiful. He does. Many of the things that the enemy says are true, but for God. But for God. Ephesians chapter 3.20, Now unto him who is able to do more than all we ask or imagine according to the power that works with in us. Yeah. 
doubt. Doubt. The failures that maybe doubt brings are not terminal. No, we rise again. We let go of those pasts. We break the strongholds. And we say again, To deal with doubt, we must turn our worries into prayers. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and thanksgiving, supplication, prayer, thanksgiving, let your request be known to God. And no matter what's going on, you'll find the peace of God. We must not let worry impose itself about the future into the present. Otherwise, we won't have the strength to do it and to carry on. God simply wants us to have faith in Him. We have faith for something, but we have faith in someone. That someone is the one that is in charge of the something. Don't doubt God. Don't lose your confidence. Hebrews says, cast not away your confidence, which has a great recompense of Lord, if you keep your confidence, hallelujah, there's a reward that follows that confidence. Amen. You're not in doubt because questions pass through your mind. No. Only when you sense and feel in unbelief that has taken root. Not about everything, but maybe just about something. Why is it so important? Because the leaven of doubt 
leaven the bread of life. How many people do you know that used to believe don't anymore? How many people do you know that used to believe the Word of God and yet it's been contaminated and You, right? Yeah. Simply because a little leaven leavens the whole lump. So we root out. Faith is not neutral. Faith is something that it believes for. So you've got to have something. <laughs> you need something going on in your life. You need to have something of the future that's being activated in the present. Yeah. Yeah. And so get a dream. Get an expectation. Get a hope. Get a future. Amen. And engage it. You gotta engage it. If you don't doubt the future is for those that don't doubt.